As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello and welcome to our latest On Farm. I'm Anna Davis and perhaps the first thing that will be apparent this week is that for one week only we have switched up our intro music. I want you to hear me out I want to scream and shout About all the things you've said and done put me down I'm gonna sing my heart out This is a track called Regina George by 17-year-old Kiri Muir singer-songwriter Katie Nichol. Now you might wonder why we're playing Katie's music this week. Well, it's not just to wake you up. It's because Katie is one of literally thousands of people across rural Scotland who've benefited over the last 30 years from support from the LEADER programme. The LEADER programme offers grants and support to communities for their rural development. Katie produces a lot of her music in a recording studio in Angus and that recording studio has been funded by the LEADER programme. You can't be Regina George and expect to survive. And that's really the theme, the whole theme for today. We're paying tribute to LEADER and all that it has delivered to communities across rural Scotland in the last 30 years. It's actually pretty much exactly 30 years, actually, because it was put in place by the European Commission on the 19th of March, 1991. The story, however, is a little bit bittersweet, though, because LEADER, as an EU-funded initiative, will no longer be available to Scotland because of Brexit. It's not completely clear yet what will be put in place instead of it, if anything, but there is interim funding from the Scottish Government for projects halted by COVID-19 up until the end of 2021. That's there while everyone awaits clarity on any replacement scheme from the UK government at Westminster. We will speak shortly with someone who's been involved in decision making around LEADER since the very first early days. And he will give us a brilliant overview of its impact and the legacy that it's left. Also, we've got four examples from all over Scotland of the variety of different LEADER funded projects. We'll spend a few minutes hearing from the first one of those now. My name is Brian Jones. I'm the uh, project manager for a leader-funded project called Connecting in Communities, which is based over in southwest Scotland in uh, Dumfries and Galloway and an area called the Glencairns. I'm Chris Jowsey. I work uh, with Brian on Connecting in Communities, the leader-funded project, and I'm generally responsible for volunteers and activities. The, the Smitty's been an absolute uh, godsend for the, uh, the project. It's um, a, a rebuild it's a multi-use space, it's a gallery, it's an office, it's a meeting room, it's an artist studio, 
it's got an outside space. We've now got a fantastic, nice new car park. There's going to be electric bikes based here, electric vehicle charging points. And it's just a really nice building to be in. It's got this high vaulted ceiling. We've got this mega big screen. People who uh, didn't really want the big screen now want to book their meetings in here so they can use the big screen that they didn't want. So, fantastic. One of the reasons we moved to the Smithy, you know, we had problems with capacity where we used to run the project at a place called the Cat Strand. The, the whole place was just taken off and it was all based on getting folk together socially and whether you really did much Tai Chi or you just came along and uh, met your friends for uh, an hour then had a cup of coffee or you just came to the men's shed and put the world to rights for an hour or two and stopped those who wanted to uh, do any uh, work. That was great because that was the whole ethos of the project, connecting and just getting people together. Without saying you were doing it, you were combating the rural and social isolation, which is rife in you know, communities like ours. Yeah, we, we've sort of overcome those problems. And I think for me, you know, it's, it's just great fun for us. We just love seeing, you know, the folks get involved. Thank you to Brian and Chris from GCAT in the Glen Kens. The first of four leader-funded projects we're hearing from in this episode. I say four projects, but actually that's not quite true because I actually am a recipient of leader funding as well, myself and my husband. We have just completed refurbishing some outbuildings here on our farm in East Lothian to convert them into shared office space for people to rent. Our experience of leader, whilst um, the the application was a toughie, um, has been incredibly positive and um, we wouldn't actually have been able to do the project if it wasn't for the support of leader. So uh, hugely, hugely positive and grateful to them. The acronym LEADER is actually a French phrase, Liaison entre Action de Développement de l'Economie Rurale. I hope I haven't mangled that too much. Uh, it's quite a long time since my French A-level. Uh, but effectively, it means links between activities for the development of the rural economy. The aim of LEADER was to do better for rural communities by being bottom-up rather than top-down in its decision-making to hopefully better meet the different local needs of different places. Now, time to introduce our main guest, who is Peter Ross. Peter is the chair of the Dumfries and Galloway Leader Group. He also chairs the meetings when all different leader groups from around Scotland get together. When we spoke, Peter told me he's very familiar with the project, the, the GCAT, on his patch in the Glencairns area of Galloway. The project was, is quite interesting, really quite interesting. There's part of it that's a heritage project from way back, so it's had leader funding over the past two or three programmes, and they've managed to get a really good facility in Balmacleon. Uh, I can go tell a wee story about Balmacleon. I'm a forest manager and, and on a wet day everyone went into the smithy to stand beside the forge and dry off. Oh, to get warm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a long, that's a long time ago. So wow. I was delighted that this has happened. There's people are working together, you know, it's very much about giving people the opportunity for communities and people and businesses to come together and do something for mutual benefits. And that's what all leader projects are about, essentially. But can you tell us a little bit about the history of leader? So how did it all come about? What's, what's the origin of leader and why was it created? In Scotland, it was created as a pilot way back. The thing about leader, my words about leader, is that it allows people to do things 
within a, a structure in an experimental way. So, and, and the wee anecdote that I tend to use about this is if two, two people up a glen want to do something, leaders should be there to help them, even if it fails. The main thing about it is that it's local people coming together to apply through a guided structure program for funding to do what they think is best for their community. So a leader doesn't tell them what to do, it just guides them around it. And the figures are quite astounding. You know, there's 573 projects being supported in this programme alone. There's 105 crofting and farm diversification projects. Wow. There's 241 rural enterprise projects. That's probably where you you fitted in, Anna, I think. Yes, we did, we did. But another one is 115 cooperation projects, which is a key function of leader. It's a requirement to, to do cooperative projects. For a £63 million spend, it's brought in £70 million in match funding. For every pound spent on leader, it's £1.12 from other funds. So it's a sort of multi-level thing. But, but in fact, but it can be used for experimental purposes and learning purposes and risk-taking. You know, Lida has always said this, it has to be innovative and there is always a risk involved and that's, that's uh, another key one. And small grants do make a difference. We were asked in Leader two days if we would support Wigton in Dupreece Galloway being Scotland's national book town. And we handed over £10,000. It was into a pot, you know. They they won the thing. And it's more or less got an international status now. Well, yes, 25, everybody 25 knows. 25 years later. Exactly. Yes. Everybody knows that Wigton is Scotland's Scotland's book town. And I think that's, that kind of sums it up because this episode is all about the legacy. As you said, um, Leader has been going since 1990, 91-ish. That's like 30 years. You've got 500 and more projects just in this round. You've talked there about cooperation, about enterprise, about community. Um, There's a huge legacy there. And um, you touched on it. You know, my husband and I on our farm are recipients of Leader funding. It was a a lengthy and difficult application form to fill out. But ultimately, we were successful and our project wouldn't have been able to happen if it weren't for that funding. We've we've created office spaces for the local community, um, literally just opened last week. And we've created something that meets the need of the local community. And I guess, you know, that's ultimately what every project does. There are so many people in rural areas who, as you say, they've got an idea, that, but they're just maybe not able to bring it to life without some sort of external funding. And, and that's where the leader legacy comes in, really. Now, I know it's difficult to talk about the future, Peter, because we don't really know quite what it holds. But but one of the reasons why we're talking about the legacy of the leader programme today is because it is coming to an end because we're no longer part of Europe and it was a European um, initiative. So we don't know what's coming next. But what would what do you think needs to come next? What would you like to come next? The legacy of LEADER is that there are 504 volunteer members of, of LAGS in Scotland. Now that's a huge... It's, and they've aggregated it as, as 2,567 years of experience <laughs> around rural 
I feel wow. for me it's the legacy of community led local development is something that needs to be there, you know, and in rural areas. And the one thing that, that, that leaders got, I think, that other funders don't have is a local development strategy. Because the local development strategy delineates and measures out the needs for their community, you know, and sets it in a regional and national policy framework. Any of us know that you could travel from one corner of Scotland to the, the opposite corner and what you see on your journey is going to be so different. No two parts of Scotland are the same. And I think that's what's been important about LEADER as well, is that they've very much, as you said, taken into account the needs within each specific area and then projects have been funded based on how how they can can help meet those needs and the needs in East Lothian for example my project will be fundamentally different from the needs out on the islands or those in Dumfries and Galloway and and so it's been tailored to to meet what these communities need and as you say a lot of things can't be driven by the market Mm. in certain areas and therefore there needs to be another way to to make things happen and create enterprise so I mean I I find the whole thing fascinating Uh, if you don't mind, Peter, um, we've got two clips that we're going to play you now, um, which I'm sure you'd love to hear. The first one is a horticultural project that works with people with assisted needs on, and I can attest that the Barra is absolutely stunning because whilst I've not stepped foot on it, I've been incredibly close to it. But this project is on the island of Barra. So we're going to hear now um, from the people running that project and then we'll maybe have a chat about it uh, after we've had a listen. My name is Angie Foster and I'm a trustee of Garawakatua and also a, a regular volunteer here and I've been involved right from the very beginning. Peggy McLean and I am the care manager for the Garawakatua. It was really because people, you know, especially with mental health issues in the islands, didn't necessarily have a, an activity or a role or a place or, to go. I suppose you'd describe it as a horticulture therapy centre. We have polytunnels and we have open gardens. We're open to the public, so we sell lots of our plants and vegetables. And the people we work with, the people with assessed needs of any sort, are involved in all aspects, always working, you know, alongside other um, people who, who are volunteering or are paid carers. And that works very well. And they're also now involved in, in the cafe. And so, you know, it gives, gives them a real way to, to interact with the public and to, and to, to learn skills. They're, they're taking orders and waitressing, helping in the kitchen. It's, uh, yeah, they're very involved. Originally, the, the, the first leader funding it helped us actually sort of get garden managers that were able to sort of concentrate on delivering a, a very high quality project and as well as involving people in the in the volunteer side of things. The second tranche of, of leader funding was was specifically for a new facility. So you know we wanted to make sure that the gallery was as as accessible to everybody regardless of, of what their needs were. And, and the new build we were working in three different venues which made life very difficult. We, we had a, um, a sort of craft and activities of daily living centre, a day centre in one place 
down in, in the main village. Then we, we started a little cafe, which was in a local community hall. And then we had our horticulture therapy garden, which was where we started and, and then expanded. So they were all they were all in different places and, and the, the venues were used by other groups. So we were always having to set up and clear up and it was it was a nightmare. So now everything is under one roof and it's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's going to make life so much easier and it's very attractive as well. Yeah, Peter, I just started to jot down when I was listening to that clip all of the words that kind of came to mind in association with that project. And I've got education, well-being, activity, creativity, community, business. Um, I mean, it kind of covers everything, doesn't it? Because it reaches out to the people, the people, the, the community in North Bay and Barra. I know North Bay, I know Barra quite reasonably well. So therefore, they, they decided that they needed something like that because bringing all these things together and a meeting place where people can meet and learn and move forward and get that support... Uh, is great. That's what leader can do. Other grant body, I'm sure, can do the same. You know, but but leader is for me the application of first resort. You know, for any project, because once you get your money, you've got it. Sometimes it's with other funders, you know, and and the other funders then get get trust and support because they know that if leaders involved, it's rigorous. The one thing I voted down, noted down was volunteers and volunteering. Uh, and again, it ties back to social democracy or, or social enterprise in rural areas. You know, you cannot measure it economically. The volunteers that are there doing this stuff and the people that are getting the benefits from it, it's the whole ethos of, of, of leader. It's local people doing something that brings the local area benefit. You've summed it up there, Peter. And I think the volunteers and support are two Mm. words that I hadn't jotted down in my big list there, but I I definitely should have done. Let's have another listen to another clip, this time um, South Uist. This is really intriguing me because it's a multimedia facility and a croft. And I think those two (laughs) concepts, I'm dying Mm. to know how they fit together. Um, So we're going to have a listen to another clip and then we'll maybe again chat about the, the legacy of this project. As just another example. I'm Beatrix Woods. I run Tricks Picks Media, which is a production company based on South Uist. And I'm a filmmaker and writer and artist. And the studio is also based on a working croft. So I'm a crofter with a beef suckler herd. What has been created is this multimedia studio. So it contains uh, an edit room for post-production and then a open studio space which has multiple purposes it's i paint in there i photograph i film um and also we've held things like in the community we hold the grazing meetings for the township there it's also been converted into a small scale studio um cinema uh so that we've had like preview screenings of films that have been completed and then there's an archiving and storage area and obviously, you know, spaces for keeping all the equipment. Um, and, you know, when people come to work with me, uh, it also means we've got different areas that different jobs can go on at different times. And the proximity of the studio to my house and to the barn um, 
it's been really fundamental in terms of being able to manage animals, uh, you know, like at calving time. Meanwhile, they're working, you can keep a close eye on things, everything's around a yard. And the vote, the, you know, the idea was to have created a modern steading. Um, and that's very much, you know, what has happened. This project was eligible for leader funding because it was developing the creative industries on the Western Isles. And that was one of I think five areas that were targeted by Outer Hebrides leader. Primarily our box was ticked by creative industries but it also has an element of diversification in it. I absolutely did not want a studio that was 10 miles away from the Croft or from where I live because of the hours that I work, because of the way that crofting often requires you to be on site doing something fairly urgently. It also, this project happened in an area that's called the middle district of South Uist where there's very little else so that by having the studio here it's added a sort of cultural diversity to it as well and it's enabled us to network with other organisations you know we've employed them people throughout the Western Isles in order to complete commissions. Gosh, Peter, Beatrix sounds like a multi-talented lady. I don't know quite where she finds the time for all of everything that she does. But as well as that, she's delivered several things for the community, hasn't she, through her leader application and success, whether it be a cinema or a studio or just her ability to create film productions must be enormously powerful um, on South Uist in terms of probably driving tourism, etc., etc., um, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't she? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's tremendous. It's uh, for me. It, it's a rural community enterprise. And it's keeping her there and it's doing all this stuff for the for the community. It's absolutely inspiring to hear. I'm sure and I'm very confident that it's all within all those five hundred odd community projects and social enterprise projects. I'm sure every single one of them could say the same. In some respects, they're the same story. What's also kind of hitting home and, and inspiring for me is, you know, we've used the word legacy quite a few times, but I think quite rightly so, because Beatrix and her facility are going to be there in five years' time, ten years' time, and longer. And all of these projects, yes, you know, there might be one or two that for unforeseen circumstances are forced to fall by the wayside, but... The majority of these projects will be here. Yep. Some of them will outlive us um, and they'll be here for generations to come. And so that investment um, that you talked about earlier um, through all of the leader programmes is just going to continue to reap rewards mm-hmm. for, for, for many, many years. And I think that's what that's what we need uh, um, to keep our rural communities going. That's right. And I think, too, I was thinking while I was, while I was listening to it that that one of the elements in the old days, there was objective one and objective two areas, you know, and that's basically the Highlands and Islands and why the Highlands and Islands Development Company was formed. They always had a social element, so, you know, their funding was a bit more relaxed. Leader filled that gap for the rest of rural Scotland in some respects because it brought that social, social bit in to allow that funding to go play. You know, it just wasn't about creating a job, you know, or whatever, the way some of the enterprise companies work, it was, it, there was a social enterprise and it allows local people again to do the stuff. Talking about legacy, it was quite interesting. I was thinking about legacy. Uh, I, I, I have a story here. There's a, there a little business in Dumfries and Galloway 
and he came to us in Leader 2 day because he was about to go bust because the machine had broken and he couldn't afford to replace it. And I think we gave him £750 towards this bit of machinery. And it's kept him in business, he's still there. 30 years later. So that, that that's our legacy. Mm, 30 years later. there for, for all to see. And as you say, some projects fall away. Some of my projects here have fell away. But it re- reenacted itself because when the wind farm development money came, the community that I live in, who had leader projects during the 90s, suddenly erupted and were the first to form a development trust to, to manage the wind farm benefit money, were the first to try and take over the hall, buy the hall, first to buy property. And I think that some sort of, no matter what happens in leader, the legacy is still there, that community development role comes through and that community capacity is there for, for, for all to see. I think we've got to work hard on the legacy. You know, there's no doubt about it. And I may as well, I don't mind, if you don't mind me advertising ourselves, in the Prison Gallery, we've had a futures group now for two years since Brexit because we knew leader was, you know, was going to happen. And we've got, we've put together a, a new manifesto. Oh. Oh, amazing, yeah. For the future, for, for community local development, you have to think about where we're going. And that's, that's currently their thinking that's informing the future. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you, as you've said, all of the leader, the local action groups are full of highly skilled mm-hmm. and knowledgeable people. And part of the legacy is not just that the projects themselves have received money to continue, but actually that that all of the individuals on these groups are using the skills that they had before and yeah. those that they've learned through being involved to drive their local communities forward. So the legacy is mm. is, is kind of never ending. And, and I think you know, your man who you mentioned there, you know, you helped him to buy a piece of equipment. So you've saved his business, but actually you've, you've probably saved other businesses mm. who he deals with and who, who he interacts with. So it's amazing how that kind of influence spreads and I think the other thing you said there that that's really key, at, particularly at the moment, you know, we've been in the grips of a pandemic for over a year now. And as soon as we can get back to some kind of normality, the social aspect of all of these leader projects will really come into its own as people are able to interact again and um, assist more with, you know, as like the horticultural project, assist more with people who've who've got need, certain needs. They might have mental health issues that that where they, you know, they need help and support and interaction. Um, and so these leader products will projects. Some of them will be a, a bit of a sort of phoenix from the flames once we come out of COVID to really come that's into right. their own even more. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm delighted that the Scottish Rural Government have offered this this framework. What did they call it? I'm losing all my papers. They want to future-proof rural and island communities, you know, and they're suggesting that leader might be the one way to think about that. I know the the politics are complicated and everyone's saying, what's going to happen? But no matter what happens politically, that work would not be lost because they're all committed to it and that's how I, I would like to see the things happen. Yeah, dead right, Peter. Regardless of the politics, the people who are already so involved in leader will will make it continue Mm. in one guise or another. I I think that absolutely Mm -hmm. sums it up. Thank you very much for for taking time to to get involved. And and also thank you to you and 
the rest of the volunteers throughout Scotland for for making it happen because um, you know I'm just one recipient but there are hundreds out there who who wouldn't have been able to benefit if it wasn't for you and all your colleagues so thank you very much here is another burst of 17 year old Katie Nichol from Kiri Muir who's very kindly given us permission to use her music in this episode tell me can search for her online katie nick music that's katie k-a-t-i-e-n-i-c-m-u-s-i-c and we'll also include a link in the episode description so this song is called give me a try we're finishing this episode hearing from dd8 music the recording studio and youth work facility where katie learned a lot of her trade and has in fact recorded several of her songs graham who we're about to hear from runs the charity And as is often the case, he wears several hats. In this clip, he talks about leader funding for the music studio and also for a dementia charity he runs called Kiri Connections. My name's Graham Galloway. The first experience I had with leader was through DD8 Music. We received some funding from leader to help set up a recording studio. And it was really that funding that allowed us to grow as an organisation to the extent that In the year before COVID hit in 2019, we held probably one of the most important events of the year uh, annually in the town. So we do a music festival every year. And the last year we held it, the economic impact assessment for that calculated that the festival generated around half a million pounds for the town, which for a small town is, is quite a substantial boost to the local economy. You know, we're carrying out that youth work, which has continued over the past year. We've been working remotely with with our young people and, you know, we've been doing a lot of work around young people's mental health. And a lot of the feedback we're getting is that the young people, you know, they they really rely on what we're offering them because it's been an incredibly difficult year. We hear very similar stories through Kerry Connections where some of the kind of um, evaluation from the last year, one of the terms that's used again and again uh, by our families is that we're a lifeline because there, there isn't another local service or charity that has kept up the, the level of support that we have with them throughout the past year. And again, you know, it all comes back to that initial leader grant that enabled us to get established and get set up and have the confidence to go on to these bigger things. Thank you for being with us, everybody. Once again, this has been a packed episode. Thank you to Peter Ross. Thanks to Graham Galloway, who we just heard from, and also to Brian and Chris from right at the start of the show, as well as Beatrix, Angie and Peggy, who all told us about their leader-funded projects. We don't know if or how leader funding will be available in the longer term, but it's pretty clear from today that it's had an enormously positive impact on rural Scotland, as well as on the core skills, training and motivation that that Peter talked about. Rural communities have really been able to make use of funding to do some pretty amazing things. This episode of On Farm has been produced with Scottish Rural Network to mark the leader's 30th anniversary and pay tribute to all the great work that's been done. Leader funding is delivered through the 2014 to 2020 Scottish Rural Development Programme as part of Pillar 2 of the Coleman Agricultural Policy. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next time.